Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi everyone, it's Sophia. Welcome to Work in Progress. Welcome back to Work in Progress with Smarties and Happy New Year. I could not be more excited to be kicking off 2024 with today's guest, none other than CNN's Laura Coates. Laura is not only one of my favorite journalists, she is one of the most impressive people I know. Having graduated from Princeton University's Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs and the University of Minnesota Law School before beginning her legal career in private practice, Laura transitioned into the United States Department of Justice, thriving as a federal prosecutor. She served as a trial attorney in the Civil Rights Division of the DOJ during the Bush and Obama administrations. She specialized in the enforcement of voting rights throughout the country and since 2016, she has served as an analyst for CNN. As of last year, she anchors her own show called Laura Coates Live. She serves as the network's chief legal analyst. She hosts the Laura Coates Show on Sirius XM and last year published an incredible book called Just Pursuit. Laura is... I mean, clearly one of the most inspiring people we've probably ever had on the show. And one of the things I admire so much about her is that she takes all of her expertise and humanizes the worlds of journalism and the law. 
She is an advocate for the most vulnerable among us. She is open about the fact that pursuing justice is complicated because the pursuit of justice often creates injustice. And she approaches these conversations with you and me and everyone in her audience as a mom, as a black woman in these industries. She talks about these identities and invites us to examine our own. I am so enamored with her. I have the biggest brain crush on her. And honestly, I just want to be her friend. And after today, you will too. Enjoy. Laura, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time. For our friends at home, you all know that I am a journalism junkie. So to kick off 2024, the day that we're recording happens to be January 2nd with you. My like <laughs> my brain is crushing so hard and I'm I'm just so excited to chat with you today. I am too. I am such a fan of yours and your work and the podcast. So I'm thrilled to have this chance. Maybe we'll start the whole new year off right. And everyone I talk to, I'll love talking to. Maybe I'll, I'll cross my fingers and toes and that'll be the case. <laughs> I like that. I like that vibe. I think if we're going to set the new year off with smart women who care about community, who also are like fun to hang out with, if that's my vibe for 2024, I really feel like I'm nailing it. I look, if this can replace my gym resolution, <laughs> I am with you. Like, I love it. Good, smart, fun women done. Not a plank is in sight. Thank you so Great. much. Great. We'll trade the planks for plates. We'll like break some bread. We'll have some chats. It'll be nice. But none of that girl dinner that I keep hearing about, which is basically like college for me. So that's fine. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're doing, we're doing whatever like the chic grown up version of that is. Okay. Okay. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well, as we look, as we look forward um, to hopefully all of the good things that this year will bring us to, you know, combat the stress of it being an election year, I can't believe we're back here. Uh, the irony is that my first question I love to ask people is actually always about going back. Mm. Because when I get to sit opposite from someone such as yourself, you have this, you know, incredible life and career and, and your resume is wild and you're, you know, a journalist and an author and a former lawyer. And I mean, it's like it, it goes, the accolades go on and on. But I'm always really curious about how people who I admire so much in their adulthood became these amazing humans. So if, if we rewind and we meet little Laura at, you know, eight or nine years old, were you curious and verbose and obsessed with justice as a child? Or were you a completely you know, different version of yourself that in hindsight makes sense? Well, first, thank you. And for, I'm going <laughs> to assume that anything you said is true just now for the sake of my ego for a moment. because It's I true. I'm an amazing human, but, but I'm trying to be. So thank you for that. And it's actually kind of funny because I actually have a nine-year-old daughter who mm. truly is my mini-me. So it's not that hard to imagine myself as a younger version um, but I had to, although she's better than I ever was, and I hope to be better than I ever will be, because that's how you, how every mom thinks about their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but I gotta say, I, I was always a really talkative, curious, some would say nosy, but mm -hmm. I would say curious and inquisitive and precocious sort of kid. I always thought like I was 
at the adult table, even though I was clearly at the little kid table. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was always really chatty. I was always really, every one of my school reviews, I can tell you right now, was like, Tara, she's smart. If only she would stop talking in class. And that would be the thing. Um, But I I think that I was always really... um, kind of sure-footed in some respects. I was I was a very mm-hmm. confident child, mostly because I had two older sisters who were so wonderful, still are so wonderful, still are my best friends, and mm-hmm. very much so came from a family where my parents instilled in us that each of our opinions wasn't always right, but was important to voice. And so we had this mm-hmm. thing called the Coates Corporation. And um, my parents would invite us in to their, you know, businesses or conversations and sort of give us all rule or roles. I was called the resident potato peeler, which is not really that <laughs> flattering looking back, but that's fine. I like potatoes. I can peel them. That's fine. Yeah. But um, they would ask, like, what's your opinion or what do you think about something? And as a young kid, having someone sort of look to you that you admired and respected, want to hear from you was Mm. really invaluable for me. And it set a very wonderful tone. Um, I can't say that throughout my whole life, I didn't have imposter syndrome. I was as, you know, insecure as the next person at different things. I was as confident as the next person. But one thing I was always really sure of was that I had every right to to speak my mind. Mm. Um, Funny enough, though, that manifested differently. I I almost, um, as a kid, I had a really bad stutter. And so... I wanted to get everything out so quickly and it made mm. me more self-conscious when I spoke. And so that was one thing that was different than now, but um, wow. in some ways I'm still very much the little kid who's like, what I say is important. I want to get it out right now, but having to slow myself down to do it. Mm, that's so interesting. You said that, that you had a stutter as a kid and my brain went just like the president. <laughs> Just like the guests, Sophia. Yeah, but like my inner little kid was like, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yes, there you go. See, it's, I mean, maybe I'll be on a ballot one day as a result. Hey, oh, I mean, I tell you. Not now. No, who knows? But I feel like it's so funny how many former stutterers I meet and current stutterers, mm-hmm. if that's the phrase to use, only because I feel like there's just so many people who have so much to say and sometimes mm-hmm. don't feel like, people either had the attention span to listen to them or are not secure that people will think that what they have to say is worth the wait. And mm. I think for a lot of people that can be part of the cause. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you bring up such a great point and it's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So many, I think so many of us who lead any sort of public facing life or have any sort of public facing career struggle with imposter syndrome because you look around and you go well look at all these impressive people in the room and on this set and in this place and what do I really have to contribute Mm. but that that sort of ethos from your family that you you cannot assume that you're right but your opinion is always valid Mm -hmm. you should always be heard the I love the both and of that because it's really about holding two things to be true at the same time you deserve to speak your mind and you have to make room to be right or wrong. You have to make room for other people to speak their minds too. And what a special thing that is to give to a child. I, I wonder if looking back that encouragement from them has been part of what's helped you battle your imposter syndrome. Do you think? Oh, of course. I mean, I think, Mm. look, um, 
if I do say so myself, I look younger than some. <laughs> I look young sometimes in general. Other times I look around and I'm like, wait, so no one else here was born in the 80s? Okay, that's, <laughs> um, that's fine. I can do 90s vibe. That's okay. Uh-huh. Um, but I look around sometimes and certainly, especially in the law, um, you know, whether it was in a courtroom, whether it was doing appeals, whether it was as a prosecutor, sometimes you would find yourself in rooms where people had to um, have give you the benefit of the doubt. And mm-hmm. oftentimes they did not. They oftentimes assumed that you were there for a reason other than merit or that you were there, but you had so much mm-hmm. more to learn than them. And so you had to almost shield yourself with armor and a bit of bravado to make mm-hmm. sure you had a phrase, fake it till you make it. Like, no, it was for me, you know, never have to fake it. Just create the opportunities for yourself where you can be at ease with your intellect and in your spaces. And that sometimes that worked out really well. Other times, especially now, I mean, I remember starting out at CNN and talking about um, Watergate sitting next to the people who actually were a part of Watergate and being like, well, Mm -hmm. one of us is not the other at this table, but I know that none of us were here for the constitution. And I speak about that and Mm. don't pat me on the head as I endeavor to do so. So you have to really give yourself that, that sort of champion mentality that you'll champion for yourself in those moments. But I have Mm. in many a room where um, I have been doubted and I have People, you know, not really wanting to give you the full frontal, I call it, when they look you right in the eye and they're receiving the information from you and or they'll turn to somebody next to you who said the exact same thing and then go, oh, that messenger suits me better. That Mm -hmm. messenger is someone that I give more credence and authority to. So I'm going to say that that person said it right. So there's Mm. there's moments of like ego, but you have to just, I mean, Sophia, I have to say, I wear my own jersey in my mind. I actually have a jersey in my in my house that has coats on the back from my childhood years. At, in um, a friend of mine gave me in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. um, and it says coats on the back. And I will rock it mentally, figuratively, literally to go whatever room I'm in. If I can cheer for my favorite athlete, if I can cheer for my favorite artist, if I can be a fangirl mm-hmm. for this person or that, I can totally do that for, my, for myself because. The end of the day, who else is going to unless you do? And sometimes my kids, I'll put it on. They'll go, oh, Lord, who messed with mommy today? She's got on the coach jersey. And I'm like, (laughs) you want to know. You don't even want to know. Just let it not be you. (laughs) Yeah, let it not be you. I love that. So if if you take all that wisdom and and the skill set that you got from your family that has enabled you to be this woman who knows how to champion herself and who knows how to, you know, stand in the power of her intellect in a room. When do you think your interest in the law started? Because what I what I hear you talking about is communication, community, justice, um, you know, and I think at the root of justice is this idea that all people deserve to be cared for to succeed, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Where did, where did that, you know, ability to rock your Jersey and to want that for everyone else, where do you see in the timeline of your life, that sort of power investing itself in the law, in the justice system? Was there like a clarifying moment or did it evolve over time? You know, I think it's kind of what's behind your shoulder, I guess, the, the heart on your wall, because sometimes whatever your calling is, you'll, you'll, no matter what you'll end up 
you'll gravitate towards your passions, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You try as hard as you will, but you'll always gravitate there for better or for worse. And for me, my heart in so many ways is being a voice for people who can't speak for themselves, being a champion mm-hmm. for those who can um, or don't have the opportunity to be so or just cannot do so. And I was raised, you know, my father um, grew up in foster care for most of his childhood until he aged mm-hmm. out of the system. My mother grew up in North Carolina and in Connecticut, where she went north to follow her parents who served and different households of some very prominent people who later became my clients, frankly, and in, in, in the different wow. world, I, the irony of that. But both of whom had to have people who would advocate and champion for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in different moments in their lives, were vulnerable and could not necessarily have any choice or anyone who would be between them and their backs against the wall. And so for me, I grew up in a house where that was instilled very early in in our lives of what it was like for people, my father in particular, who when you age out of a system, when you're a 1950s, 1960s black boy Mm -hmm. in Massachusetts, aging out of the system with siblings, with family in the area, who could not or did not choose to care for you, what you have to have Mm. within you and do, and what a difference it would make in a person's life to have somebody who was ready, willing, and able to be that champion. Um, And that that sort of fork in the road moment in in his life and others' lives, where the difference was the advocacy, the, um, the wherewithal and fortitude to believe, to have faith that somebody, if not yourself, might be willing to help or change. And so mm. for me, that was always growing up what I thought I would get into, that I would be in public service. I did not see prosecution um, because I thought um, civil rights work would only require me to do, and I did do civil rights work as well, but more in a capacity of policy or um, activism Mm-hmm. And I learned pretty quickly throughout college in particular and law school that my calling was really towards being a voice for those who could not advocate and telling their stories in a way that gave them dignity, in a way mm-hmm. that gave them hope, and in a way that gave them an opportunity to have justice and equality. And for me, that avenue was the law. Now, interestingly enough, those same feelings I have was what ended me or put me into the world of journalism, the same Mm. line of storytelling, of voicing the stories that I care most about. But there was, I would say the clarity that I had was the culmination of a childhood being raised by two very strong-willed, very independent, very wonderful people who needed, required, and then gave back advocacy and, and championing for other people. And now a word from our sponsors who make this show possible. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. 
Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know, I I like to think about the things that inform us. Mm -hmm. The metaphor that I've come up with for it is what tea have we been steeped in? Mm, That's a good one. You know, because when you think about that, like the way that a tea bag soaks up everything around it, it just is. It's physics, it's, um, it's culture, it's place, it's all of these things. And in our country, there's so much that's beautiful about our ideals, but there's a lot of problematic reality, right? Like when we talk about um, what America is in her best potential and and what the country is in in its realistic failing. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we're debating teaching history is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we do live in a country that has been steeped in white supremacy. We live in a country that has been steeped in misogyny. You know, the 
the things you have faced as a woman that I have faced as a woman, the, the extra layer of the things you face as a black woman, you, all of this informs to your point, your parents' story, your story, what you see. And, and what's inspiring to me is when I'm trying to make sense of like a system or, or, or what we've grown up in or, or how we might pursue justice for a community, I try to think about like, okay, if I zoom out to 30,000 feet, like when you really look from above, where are all the connection points? And the connection points you're talking about drawing as the child of parents who who needed and then became those advocates, as a woman who pursued the law and and through the stories of people realized she wanted to lean into journalism, like you're you're talking about these thirty thousand foot perspectives of how do I take what I am privileged enough to experience, the good and the bad, you know, the the beauty and the pain of the hu- of human existence, and bring people into it in a way that invites, that teaches, that, you know, perhaps creates more empathy, catharsis, ability for us to see each other. And there's such poetry in that. Yeah. And and you're talking about the law and the news, like these things that can feel very rigid, but they really are beautiful when I think used to their highest good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the law really, Sophia, is just the terms on which we interact with each other. Mm. It's it's the boundaries we decide, the boundaries we keep, and the boundaries we break. Mm. We decide that justice somehow falls along that spectrum. And then, of course, there's what's right, right? There's what's right and just mm-hmm. and what's legal and lawful. These can mm-hmm. be odds and conflict with one another often. And so I look at the law as far more fluid than um, the idea of here's what the statute says. Here's what the written text is. It really is how we relate and choose to relate to one another. And mm-hmm. what are those terms that we're comfortable with and that we're willing at times in the instance of maybe a civil disobedience of civil rights era and beyond mm-hmm. of breaking or in a legislative body of changing. And when you think of it that way, it really has a human connection to it more than anything else, more than just this rigid, here's how I can punish and here's how I can prevent. It's mm-hmm. also here, here's how I can exist as a part of this social contract. Here's what we value. You know, mm-hmm. people often say, you tell me, you show me your budget, I'll tell you your priorities, right? You show yes. me what you need and I'll tell you what you value. You show me the laws that are on the books and I'll tell you what a society really values. And some of these laws are totally unknown to people. I mean, just right now, this is the first show of the year. It's the beginning of 2024. There's a lot of new laws that have now been enacted that some you may agree with, some you may not agree with, but yeah. they're there. And oftentimes we as a society, unfortunately, open under a, operate under a kind of secrecy where we think the law is supposed to be totally inaccessible. That politics is supposed to be totally for the elite. And that if you don't understand the jargon that's being thrown around, you're kind of like, I don't know, an 80 year old trying to communicate through the acronyms of Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, that only a certain group of people is eligible to understand the law and the life around us. And I think this just can't be the case. That can't be true. So one of my passions really is to make things accessible. The information itself is activism, Mm -hmm. not the opinion itself, 
but the access to the information. And, mm. you know, it's funny, I have to borrow when you were talking about tea, which is such a great analogy you raise. Um, I'll borrow this from my friend, Michael Eric Dyson, who often says this, and it is stuck with me so much. He's, he often say, you know, life is kind of like boiling water and the individual people, what happens when they're in it? Some people are like an egg. You put the, the raw egg into the water and it changes who they are inside. Mm. But people, you put a carrot in and it becomes soft. Life makes mm. them soft all of a sudden. Or you can be the coffee bean and it goes into the hot water and it creates something powerful and stronger than it was that keeps everybody woke. <laughs> now, yeah. whether you want to be woke or not, that's a whole different um, attitude. But when you think about the tea, I'm going to tell them, you got to add Sophia's tea analogy in there too, because what we're steeped in is even more important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I love that. I love that idea of like lean into being coffee. That that feels that feels exciting. Although I don't drink coffee, I should say that. You don't? Oh my <laughs> god! I, I'm like I would be crazy. Like I'm, I, I'm a tea drinker. I do do chai. Mm. I have some caffeine, but I'm talking. Okay. Girl, if I had coffee, I would be like bouncing off the walls. I just don't think I can survive without it. I don't know if it's like some, you know, generational inheritance thing from my mom's family being Italian. Like you had no choice. It's like oxygen for me. If like if I don't have an espresso, I don't know. I don't know how to be alive. Wow. Um, could be addiction, but I'm going to romanticize it and be like, it's because I'm Italian. We love pasta and coffee. There um, is no judgment coming from me. That's yeah. fine. We all have our things that keep us alive. Keep yeah, us- yeah, yeah. Like that's my storytelling <laughs> bit. But something I find so fascinating is, you know, the, the journey that you've been on to tell the truth and to advocate for people and to activate for people. When you, when you reference you know, your time at the DOJ and, and what it was like to work as a prosecutor, you know, it, when I, when I first really got obsessed with your work, um, you know, and, and read your book when it came out last year, like there's so much that reminds me, I mean, you're just, you're amazing. There's so much that reminds me of the, of the sort of ways you are trying to illuminate how these systems work for people, you know, that it made me feel a lot like when I first watched Brian Stevenson's TED Talk back in the day, and he was like really explaining to people the the potential that exists in the legal system and what sort of outcomes, particularly prosecutors, control for people mm-hmm. and how you can either heal or harm with the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. And And you just talked about this idea that you could be very black and white and you could punish or, you know— whatever it might be, like, to the letter. Or you could figure out how to change mm-hmm. community. And and you talk about how within a system, as an advocate, as a lawyer, it is really hard when, when you see the writing on the wall that the pursuit of justice often creates injustice. You talk about this, that that these systems, and we know this from social science data and the research and all of the health outcomes and the public health outcomes, we know that these systems do not act, you know, um, it's not a blind taste test <laughs> for people. That There are outcomes that are unfairly um, and differently sort of put upon groups of people in our populace. Black and brown people suffer in ways that folks who look like me just don't 
very often at the hands of a justice system. You know, they're police, these communities are policed differently, they're prosecuted differently, they're judged differently. And I'm curious how, as the, again, the, the advocate legal mind that, that you are, how did that aha moment hit you in the system? Mm-hmm. And, and, and did it, because I'm, I'm, I'm just curious in the, in the line, I'm curious in the timeline for the folks at home who haven't read the book, did it, did that illuminate for you in private practice and then make you want to go into the Justice Department? Or was it something that as you went into the Justice Department changed your, like that experience changed your awareness? I have to say, I began in private practice and I thought that I was as knowledgeable as you ought to be in the practice of law. Hmm. But when I hit the Justice Department, I realized a level of professional naivete that was completely foreign to me. Wow. It wasn't that I didn't understand the concepts or that I failed to understand evidentiary rules or hearsay or the, you know, the mechanics of, of trying cases. I, hmm. I, I knew that. I was ill-prepared for what the sociological aspect of the criminal justice system entailed. First of all, I maybe prosecuted hundreds and hundreds of cases. I saw or had a hand in perhaps a thousand. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you on one hand, the number of non-black or brown defendants I even saw. Wow. And it wasn't that this was white officers targeting people of color. This was a majority black police force that I would encounter as well. And so the dynamic of that, the dynamic of a parade of people who are coming in and out of a courtroom, children to the elderly, mm. um, you know, having this tension with the system and the concept of justice, being a black woman, having my allegiance to my community questioned by virtue of being in the space occupied by the quote unquote man, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. It usually didn't look like the five foot three and a half black woman that I am, right? But whoever they thought the man ought to be, I was never that person. And so it was always this idea of, well, how can you be a prosecutor and believe in civil rights? How can you be a Mm -hmm. prosecutor and believe in equality? Now that says Mm -hmm. volumes for people, that people believe you can either be a prosecutor, which has such a tremendous amount of power. I mean, all the decisions are made by the time really trial comes around. If you're a defense mm-hmm. attorney and more power to you, and we definitely need defense attorneys, but you have to be reactive to the discretion that a prosecutor exercises. Mm-hmm. By the time you get a case as a defense attorney, you already know the charges. You have nothing you can do about them. You're handed the evidence that they're, they're going to give over to you. The arrest has been made. The indictment's already issued. All that's left now is to convince a, a jury that your client maybe is innocent. There's a huge mm-hmm. weight if your name's on the other side of United States versus. And I think that even though I was well aware of that power, the, the ability to wield discretion and at times unfettered discretion and unchecked mostly was mm-hmm. really shocking to me because it meant that at the whim or the prejudices of an individual prosecutor, someone's life could be changed forever at the level of diligence that they wanted to exercise. Um, Mm. The amount of times I would have to in the courthouse 
act as an advocate for the defendant. Because of course, if you say, you know, Laura codes on behalf of the people of the United States, that also meant the defendant. And there'd be a number of times when the defendant did not have adequate counsel to understand what plea they were agreeing to, mm-hmm. uh, or requests that needed to be made for the discovery or things, things like that. But for mm-hmm. me, a really big moment was, um, it was my husband because, um, my husband and I, we were, we were having our young children when I was a prosecutor too. I have a, now they're 11 and, and nine. I can't believe it. But I remember my husband, um, would ask me a lot about, you know, police brutality cases. Mike Brown was happening in Ferguson. Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin, obviously not a victim of, of actual official law enforcement, but the interactions that displayed nonetheless by somebody who tried to usurp that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so many cases were happening and he would often ask me about it and, you know, about the prosecutor's decision to charge or not charge a case. And I found myself kept asking, you know, or keep saying to him, here's why it is and here's why I'm different and, and convincing myself that, of course, I was nothing like those prosecutors who would be involved in that or those members of law enforcement. And then um, his questions became fewer and further in between over time. Until one day he calls me out to the car and he says he'd been tinkering back there for quite some time. And of course, yet another Amazon box had arrived. So I didn't think anything of it. And he says, I have something that I want to show you. So I come out sort of begrudgingly to the car, like, oh, God, I just want to sit on the couch right now and probably watch the house while I was something that I was doing. <sighs> and I come out and he has installed a camera on our car. And I said, oh, my God, why do I need to have a camera on my car? Like, it's I, I'm a safe driver. What are you doing? And he's kind of my husband, who's you know not a particularly emotional person at all, had tears in his eyes. And he said, it's 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 for me, not you. And I said, well, what do you mean? And I I knew the second the question left my mouth about what he was going to say, or mm-hmm. I was thinking he would. And he said, I just wanted, if I'm ever pulled over by police, I wanted you to know what really happened and that I would never have left you and the kids. Mm-hmm. And my heart like shattered in that moment because for him, that was a love letter to me. And also mm-hmm. a reflection that he thought that his own death at the hands of a police officer was inevitable. And here I was, a member mm-hmm. and a part of the justice system with a muzzle where I couldn't talk, I couldn't share to the world what was really happening or what could happen. And it was one of those moments that I remember thinking, what could I do to perhaps selfishly save his life, but also to save the life of justice. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments that I decided that I was going to try something. I had I'd learned so much, I'd seen so much. And yet where I was in that space was not enough to make the love of my life comfortable, mm-hmm. safe in any way. So I, you know, I have a son and a daughter and I just, I needed to do something. And when I left the justice department, I write about this and the different moments of tension in the book and, you know, what it's like to be called on to aid in in the deportation of someone and um, what that does to the internal conflicts you never expect to have in your life. Mm. Um, That was when I decided that I wanted to go into journalism. I didn't have a background. I didn't know what I was doing. So I literally 
when I left, I was nursing my daughter still. I had my kids, my son is 18 months older. I was posted up in a Panera bread, mm. uh, sitting by the fire, nursing an orange Pico tea because it was free refills. <laughs> like I, I'm poor. I got to get this done. I got, I'm, I'm poor because I just retired from my, li- from my life and I'm trying to figure out what to do next. And thankfully, my husband was thin and loved ramen. Um, <laughs> I, I had to figure it out. But yeah. I never looked back because I, I don't know. There's something I, I haven't changed the world by any stretch. But at least I know one foot in front of the other, I am illuminating issues that mm-hmm. could make somebody think differently about yeah. how justice could work. And now a word from our sponsors. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I talk a lot with friends who 
are justice-minded about this. Mm-hmm. You know, that in our 20s, we were like, we're going to be the generation that saves the world. And then you're like, oh, wow, really incredible people have been at this for literally hundreds of years. Maybe I need to take several seats. I never want to lose the goal of flipping the scales. Mm -hmm. But I think the wisdom that comes with age and experience is that you have to desire something that folks older than us might tell us is an unrealistic utopia. Mm-hmm. But you have to be pragmatic enough to make the incremental change that will make our children's lives better than ours and that made our lives better than our grandparents' lives. You have to be willing to do the long work, like real activism, real advocacy, real policy change. It's not like the refresh where you drag your thumb down and there's 80 new Instagram photos to look at in nine seconds. It's, it's like long, unsexy dedication that, that requires longevity and relationship. And, and when I hear you talk about this, these sort of watershed moments in your life, and you say, like, you know, I haven't changed the world. I think you've changed a lot of people's worlds. I think that's the pragmatic potential to achieve that ideal, like every person who has encountered your work or who's read your book is changed. And that's, that's a big deal. Well, I, well, thank you for that. This is, this is where you plug the, the words work in progress. Girl. Well, like this is, this is what, this is what yeah. happened, right? I mean, this is, we're all, I think in so many ways, just, you're a very accomplished woman. You're very ambitious. It's evident. So there's there is always this goal to check things off, and the to do mm-hmm. list I'm sure for you is long, and I'm sure you've mm-hmm. got a lot of things checked off. Um, so many of us have that that drive in us, and I think when it comes to justice and it comes to issues of of really social importance, whatever your conscience is telling you should happen, mm-hmm. it's it's more like the practice of medicine or the practice of law. It's the practice of advocacy. It's the practice of justice. It's the practice of things. And that's very hard when you want to get it done. Because like mm-hmm. in that game, remember the and we're younger, the go to like the arcade, the whack-a-mole, like yeah, you solve one and one pops up. Although I'm really good at that game, so don't challenge me, but like you're <laughs> the whole thing, right? And at the end of it, you're like, there's still something else, but you yeah. have to just keep going to know, all right, well, hopefully when my arm gets tired, hmm. there's somebody right next to me going, I'll literally take the baton slash mallet and I'll keep mm-hmm. at it for that next person. And, and something somehow keeping us all driven to do it. That's the yeah. hard part. So something that fascinates me, because that's the thing, right? Like when you commit yourself to trying to better your community, it is whack-a-mole. Yeah. Like you realize, oh, there's not going to be a day where we get to the end of this road. We're like, we're on the road forever. And we're dealing with what's coming in from these perpendicular streets. Like, oh mm-hmm. my God. It, when when you talk about that aha moment and it, and it crystallizes and it's so personal in that exchange that day with your husband, that's really profound and moving to listen to. What I want to dig into a little bit is that bigger concept of understanding the importance of your role as a prosecutor and the fact that from the outside, a lot of people looked at you and said, how could you do this? 
-hmm. How could you prosecute? You know, it's not lost on me that this has been a lot of the vice president's journey where people say, well, you know, you worked on the wrong side of the law, you know, for your for your community. And you go, hold on. It's actually the prosecutors who can either indefinitely harm a life or redirect it. You, you can create accountability that within a society shapes people into better versions of themselves, or you can wield accountability like a hammer and bludgeon folks with it. And it will always, it will always be unfair to some communities more than others. It, it requires a pragmatism mm-hmm. to say, I want to wield a gavel, not a hammer. I want to shift the way the system exercises, quote, justice on people. And I imagine it requires an immense amount of fortitude to withstand the kind of criticism that comes at you from people who don't necessarily know the inner workings of a justice system in the way that you even say you were naive to until you got to the DOJ. So I guess I'm curious, going from private practice into the Justice Department, working in the Civil Rights Division, what when you entered it, felt like your goalposts? What what were the things you really wanted to work on? And, and how did you as individual, Laura, h- how did you sort of know when it was time to shift, to move on? Well, it's, it's a great question because um, there's rarely ever one moment there seems mm. to be almost like a, you know, an every sort of nanosecond you find yourself reconfiguring and adjusting. It's like a watching your eye or a lens of a camera try to focus on something. It's constantly shifting to make sure that yeah. what you want and what your why is is in view and, and there. Mm. I would say, you know, when you look at the justice system, really it's in some ways a legal system that we pursue justice and hopefully one day we'll catch it. But discretion is something that people don't think enough about. We know we want a jury of your peers. We know why it's so important to have a jury of one's peers because you want Mm -hmm. to be judged by people who maybe have either had similar life circumstances or have perhaps walked half a mile, if not a mile in your shoes or somebody you Mm -hmm. can believe will understand and see the holistic 360 person. We don't think about that same prospect for those who make charging decisions though, because Mm. that's also where it's necessary to have a prosecutor of your peer. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be soft on crime because I have walked a mile. I may have walked a mile in your shoes and chose a different direction. And the laws Mm -hmm. may tell you that it was very clear and there's no excuse for the behavior. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean because you are contemplative and thoughtful about the law or the benefit of the doubts or grace, or that maybe law enforcement got it wrong or that you believe in the presumption of innocence, the point where you're willing to question and dot every I, cross every T. That doesn't make you soft on crime. It makes you alert. It makes you Mm. hard on the constitution and what it's supposed to have and mean for you. And you should be Mm. that. And I'm naturally skeptical. So that, that part for me was, um, was easy, but What was difficult was um, being able to keep one's head down and focus and not want to defend your every action. Right. Because I knew that as much as people were 
cringing at the thought of a black woman as a prosecutor, which by the way, there are many of us, mm-hmm. but cringing at that thought, I would look at the victims and say, so they don't get to have somebody who's their champion. The mm-hmm. only focus is on who is the suspect and defendant. That's the mm-hmm. only way we judge who think who they ought to get a chance. Um, yeah, I look through really the lens of the victims and those who deserve every bit of championing as those who may have been either wrongly accused or overcharged mm-hmm. or frankly charged appropriately, but a system of justice which only had a punishment and not a um, therapeutic and rehabilitation minded view of sentencing. Mm. There's so many moments of it. And so I have to tell you, as much as it was difficult for me to um, at times reconcile what I thought was right, what was lawful or the criticism, there were so many more moments when I knew without a shadow of a doubt that but for me being at having a seat at the table, justice would not have been served, whether mm-hmm. it was on behalf of the victim or on behalf of the person who was charged incorrectly or at all. I knew in my heart. But that was a conversation, much like I, you know, we all have those moments when, you know, I don't know what your quiet moments are like or moments when you might judge or or second guess yourself or try to work, talk yourself through a moment. Um, whatever that looks like for you, when I would have those moments, I had to go back to the why. Mm-hmm. Why did you want it? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. There are far more lucrative options. There are far more stress less options. There are different places to do the work you're doing. What was your why? So going back to that why and holding it in my hands and my heart was how I went through it. Because, you know, you're in an industry where people probably just like me, they they seek power just to say they have it. Mm. They're working out some childhood issues. Right? <laughs> and they and they want to be able to be in this position to abuse and exploit. Um, or be the person that gets to have the say, the thumbs mm-hmm. up, thumbs down, you know, emperor in the Coliseum. Yes. And um, if that's your why, please don't ever go into the practice of law and please don't ever yes. go into the prosecution's office because um, that's when injustice will occur every single time. Mm-hmm. You have to go in with the why of why because people deserve to have their voices heard. They ought to be able to believe that this legal system can be just and mm-hmm. that people have to be able to know that, you know, no one's above the law. And if you don't have people that get that, we failed. And now a word from our wonderful sponsors. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. 
Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What a profound reminder when you talk about holding that both and. Mm. Holding Mm -hmm. um, awareness of the immense power that a person in the role of prosecutor has over the accused, but also the immense responsibility that you have for, for the person who was harmed. Right. And, and to hold the reality that both of those people deserve justice, it, that requires a lot of um, emotional and moral might to take care of people, you know, across the spectrum. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's certainly not—to to care across that spectrum is not something that, a, you know, a, a bully— would be inherently great at. And so to to figure out how to get more caring people into these spaces does feel um, like it is of paramount importance. And and when they're not, you see the the sort of tessellations of harm happen. I mean, I, I know that one of the things that you specialized in was the enforcement of voting rights throughout the yeah. country. And we have watched people use um our elections as a bully pulpit. We we watch people who do not have um, equity and justice at the sort of core of their mission work on assassinating voting rights yeah. around the country, rolling back the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, refusing, you know, to give it the re-upping that it deserved on the floor. Like, it, it is very scary 
to watch that. And, and in the last election, there were so many moves made that violated the voting rights of people all across the country and, and in outsized ways violated the voting rights of minority groups and people of color. Um, you know, we watched people being purged from voter rolls state to state unjustly and not to go doom and gloom, but it is 2024 and we are, you know, coming into an election year. I know so many people worry about this stuff, but don't exactly know what they can do about it. So, so as the resident expert, you know, are the, you're the only person in this Zoom call who has been at the DOJ. And, and as an author and as a journalist, as someone who uses her voice to encourage us, um, how do you say to the folks at home, you know, these are the things you can do as, as the election approaches at the end of the year? These are the ways you can stand up for your rights and the rights of people in your community to be able to exercise their right to vote. You know, are, are there things we should be looking at and doing this year? You know, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is, and I know it sounds like I'm being tongue in cheek. I'm really not. You have got to stay not tired. Mm. Right? The exhaustion mm. that can set in when you want to throw up your hands and go, Oh, it's all, it's all good. It's all politics and how yeah. exhausting it is. And, you know, there are people who are counting on, they are praying, hoping, and guaranteeing mm-hmm. that you'll be so exhausted that you just don't want to show up, that you'll be mm-hmm. tired, you'll want to throw in the towel, you want to opt out. And that's the mm-hmm. most dangerous thing you can do is opt mm-hmm. out. You have to really look at the issues, not as, um, you know, a ping pong where people are just trying to give you a whiplash to make you check out. But really, what do you care about? What do you want to see? And then Mm -hmm. demand that of the platforms of what they're talking about. So many politicians and candidates in particular um, distract. They want to give (laughs) these 10,000 foot views and you want to know about what's in front of you. One of the most selfish times of your life and one of the most selfless times of your life is when you're in the voting booth, right? You're there. Mm. One, you want to care about what you personally want to see and also what ought to be in a world you want to operate in. Mm. And those things can sometimes be difficult to reconcile or very easy. But in any event, you have to be able to lean in. You have to figure out, make a list. Like, I'm a big journal person. I make lists all the time. Like, you, I, I can't go into a store like I can't even go into Home Goods anymore because I just buy. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need this, but I need this. It's pretty. The cover is good. I make like lists. Like, what do I care about? What do I want? And yeah. I try to manifest it. And you manifest it in voting by figuring out the candidates that are actually saying something that speaks to you, not what you mm. want to hear, but actually holding them to it. That's mm. number one: avoiding exhaustion. Um, number two is be very, very vigilant about the voter rolls, as you mentioned. That's the list that you're on to figure out whether you're registered. And mm-hmm. some uh, areas of the country will take you off if you haven't voted for a certain amount of time. Others will question the identification you have to prove that you are who you say you are and also are at the address to make the precinct correspond with where you're supposed to be voting. Be vigilant about how you're trapped in that system. Mm. Sure, you're registered. Make sure you know where you're supposed to go. You have the proper identification. You have the proper paperwork to prove whatever you need to do. If you know you're not going to be in person, you have to be proactive about getting an absentee ballot. 
and doing it ahead of time because what you say matters and what you say is how you vote. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I would say you have to be very vigilant about um, the, the powerful people who don't want you to have any power. And one way they do mm-hmm. that is dilute your voting strength by gerrymandering, by making sure yes. that whatever voting group you're a part of, however you tended to vote, if they're thinking, now, how can I make that less powerful? Is it by dissecting it and chopping it up? Is it mm-hmm. by concentrating a population that I think votes a certain way in one area? Or is it by changing districts? What what can I do to undermine and dilute your power? That's what you have to say, pay attention to. And notice most of those things, everything I just said has nothing to do with how you vote. Mm. That really is the least of, of a democracy's concerns. It's being able to do so. Nobody ever guaranteed you that you get to vote for the winner. Right. You ought to have the opportunity, a meaningful opportunity, mm. to vote for your candidate of choice. And mm-hmm. every time someone takes that away from your neighbor, you got to pay attention because your door will be knocked on next. Yes. So those are the ways I think you have to really think about it. And 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 don't don't think that any of this is in the rearview mirror. It mm-hmm. it is. In, in front of you, it is down the road unless you're vigilant. Right, right. And we've got to keep applying the pressure. You know, mm-hmm. something I've, one of the things I try to talk to a lot of young people about is, to me, I I, I look at democracy as a verb. It mm. is an action. It requires mm. consistent interaction. It requires pressure. It requires attention. Because when we get complacent, when we think, oh, we won that fight, yeah. <laughs> the people who didn't want us to win it in the first place are they're working every day to take to take the wins away from us. So we really have to maintain um our dedication and and our action around, you know, equity, justice, the the sort of social constructs that are meant to support us. And to that end, I'm I'm really curious, you know, again, as as the woman who knows the letter of the law the best, who also is walking us all through what's happening in the world, um, you know, live on air, by the way, the show is just so good. And for our friends at home, I'm sure you all are, but if you are not watching Laura Coates live on CNN, get it together. This is is your homework assignment for 2024. The show is so good. And as as you're covering what's currently happening, you know, we, we can't not mention that Things are wild leading into the election. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald Trump has been indicted on, I think it's 91 yeah. charges now and counting. Um, it's wild. You know, people are talking about the 14th Amendment. You can't hold office if you've led an insurrection against the United States. Colorado has blocked him based on the 14th Amendment from the ballot, from the primary ballot. Maine is following steps. You know, some people are saying that this oxygenates his campaign, that this helps him play victim, helps him pretend you know, that he's not of the system. Do you think the legal challenge here stands? I mean, people say this is what our what our founding fathers were trying to protect against, you know, was the enemy from within. Uh, and other people are saying that this is going to bolster his run. Um, what What do you think as both our journalist and and our our guest who is a pro at the legal analysis? Well, you know, interestingly enough, the Constitution did not contemplate 
every scenario. I mean, it's it mm-hmm. really there's limited words, and it necessarily didn't envision everything that we've ever endured as a um, as a country. Mm-hmm. Foundationally, it did try to resolve a lot of the issues we talk about today. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why what's going on with the former president Donald Trump is so interesting and problematic is because there are questions about whether the Constitution or the founding fathers even had a solution in mind. And if they Mm -hmm. did, is what's happening now with the removal from ballots, for example, is that what they had in mind? Is the 14th Mm -hmm. Amendment, which is, you know, normally people think about the first 14th Amendment, think about, um, you know, equal protection under the law. That's the synonymous Mm -hmm. way people think about the 14th Amendment. There's a little known clause about, look, you also can't hold office if you've been engaged in an insurrection. It really was meant to address um, the Civil War and members of the Confederacy who had gone against the government of the United States, the country, Mm -hmm. and then wanted to maintain or hold office in the future or in the present. So because that particular clause does not address and doesn't name the president in particular, and there Mm -hmm. are other aspects of the Constitution that talk about the president in particular, There's Mm -hmm. one argument to suggest, well, then, obviously, the 14th Amendment did not actually intend to include the president, because the framers would have said that if they meant that. On the other hand, um, the Constitution is on on a number of things that, at its foundation, obviously envisioned something else. Another big issue with this, um, the legality of the issue, is a concept of due process, meaning, you know, a notice and opportunity to be heard. The way mm-hmm. that translates to this discussion, though, Sophia, it really is, well, if I haven't been actually convicted of an insurrection, then why am I being removed because of claims of an insurrection? Mm-hmm. So do I have to have the presumption of innocence? And doesn't that carry through, except mm-hmm. if I have a, an actual indictment or a prosecution or a conviction? Well, Jack Smith, the special counsel in Washington, D.C., who is in charge of a number of cases, didn't actually charge Trump with insurrection. He has four charges, none of which are that. Okay, that's one argument. But a Colorado court found that he had engaged in an insurrection. Is that enough to say, well, I have a judicial finding, that's enough? Mm -hmm. This is why the Supreme Court is gonna be so important. Mm. As these are really novel issues that require Mm. a very specific and thorough reading of the constitution, of the discussion surrounding the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Common sense also plays in a part of this. Oh, you uh, mean the part where we watched it live on TV? <laughs> yeah, you mean that part? I mean, oh. it's part of it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all part of it, too. Interesting, yeah. Oh, it's, it's details, details, Sophia. But the, all the attitudes mm-hmm. that surrounding it are how will the courts resolve it? For now, you've got places like mm-hmm. Maine, with the Secretary of State, who is in charge of elections there, says, nope, I'm keeping them off the ballot. Colorado, keeping them off the ballot. Whether right. there'll be a trend in other states, I just don't know. But at the end right. of the day, this is why the vigilance is so important and why mm-hmm. common sense and the law has to somehow come together, mm-hmm. make democracy work. And why right now, you know, that phrase, a republic, if you can keep it, is mm-hmm. top of mind. Yes. And now a word from our sponsors that I really enjoy, and I think you will too. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. 
With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I have a follow-up question to that because this confuses me a bit. It, it, it seems like we're doing, um, you know, for thee but not for me a lot these days in the upper echelons of government because there's a there's this sort of line for folks who fall in line behind the former president that, you know, the impeachments didn't matter and all these ways he's broken the law and, and you know, him leading an insurrection and calling domestic terrorists very fine people and all of these things um, feels crazy. And then at the same time, the GOP is admitting in public, I mean, on the record, so many of their elected lawmakers have said, oh, there's absolutely no evidence um, for any wrongdoing on on the part of our current president, Joe Biden, but we're going to lead an impeachment inquiry into him anyway, because it'll make for good TV. Mm. Uh, And it's wild to me that they can say that and do that and tie up the courts to do that. But though they've, many of them have admitted that this is a, 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 you know, TV stunt, his son is being investigated for impropriety with his taxes. And there seems to be this double standard where, you know, 
Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump made $650 million, you know, while working at the White House and having security clearance that the government said they shouldn't have, but Trump gave it to them anyway. And then Hunter Biden doesn't work at the White House and has never made nearly that much money, you know, likely, allegedly, whatever the proper terminology is here. I'm not the lawyer. Please don't come for me, Internet. Um, you know, didn't file his taxes properly. And if he didn't, he's going to get charged and he's going to owe the government a bunch of money. Fine. But how, how can these sort of double standards with kids of the president and, and then the presidents themselves, um, evidence of wrongdoing versus admittedly no evidence of any wrongdoing at all. Why is it like this? Why why do people kind of go, eh, Trump's just a wild card and then and then hold Biden's feet to the fire? What what do you think that is? Well, I mean, selective nepotism cracks me up. Like it's 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 only mm. okay if if some people are privileged in this way and, and control right. their last name. I, I I don't know what to say about that. But I will say when you look at, um, as you said, the sort of selective persecution and when you want to turn a blind eye and when you want to look at it, that's why politics can be so frustrating because mm. you can even be completely forthcoming about your motivation. And for some people, it doesn't matter. There is a, a an entire identity politically now. You know, you have Republicans, you have Democrats, you have independents. I think you have almost a fourth category of people. And the fourth category is um, provocateur or yes. those who are just anti, or you know what? I've been so frustrated with the system that I am going to be the anti-system. And so right. whatever that means for them, they'll latch on to. I think that what you're seeing with the, the Bidens versus the Kushners and the Trumps of the world versus the impeachment of Trump and impeachment inquiry of Biden, I think is really what you what happens when deflection is at its peak. Because think of all of the things that need to get done right now in Congress and the priorities that are being set. Mm. They're not connected with what the average person really wants and needs. It mm. is the idea of the point being provocation, the point being, um, you know, there's not, that, there's not that there hasn't been some violations of the law and that can happen. And we can certainly, and you should ought to look into that and investigate and prosecute if appropriate. I stand by that. But if the whole point is to muddy the waters and then expect people not to thirst for different politicians and candidates, mm. I don't know what we can do to drill into people's heads that while you're playing at this game, there are people who are dying. While you're yes. playing around trying to tell me that you'd like to inquire and to find out if there's a reason to have the inquiry, I can give you some inquiries about healthcare right now yes. to be answered. And I think that's what is incumbent upon the voters to mm -hmm. dictate the terms for those who asked, asked you for the opportunity to lead, to represent. Right. They weren't like, you know, the Hunger Games. Like, you don't have to like, you don't pay tribute all of a sudden and whistle in the background. Love that series. You have to actually have like you have to actually do. You're, you've asked for the chance. You've asked yes. for it. You weren't assigned the role of representative. Mm -hmm. You were asked. You asked us to do it. So I think people have to just vo vocalize and voice mm -hmm. their frustration. And that's such a good reminder too that it really can be up to us yes. to show them that these distraction tactics and that this sort of smoke and mirror show isn't going to distract us. Mm -hmm. If we vote on the issues that matter to us, reproductive care and access, fundamental freedoms, health care, we, we can 
we can, by by voting on the actual issues, mm-hmm. hopefully slow down or stop the the anti train, as you, as you you know mentioned it. I'm really excited, and and honestly, you are one of the people who who makes me feel relieved that I will have somewhere to go to learn uh, throughout 2024 as the election approaches. You know, to be able to watch your show, to be able to um, sort of gain wisdom from your analysis. So I want to I want to sort of thank you in advance for that. Oh, and no I, pressure, I, no pressure. Like, yeah, thank you for no the education you've given people this year. I I read your mind. Thank you so much. <laughs> But I, I just know we're going to get more of what you do so well. Um, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I also, you know, I know that so often you do get asked about the, the legal analysis and these big issues and what's happening out in the field and, and all of it. And so thank you for giving us your perspective. And I also am just such a fan of you as a person. And so I, I, I want to be able to end on a, um, or, or get closer to wrapping up, I should say, on a more personal note. And I... I am just so enamored with the story that your son's idol from the Bucks gave him a pair of shoes after after a recent game. And I was just wondering if, you know, that's one of the wonderful things I think about if you do get to have a job in a public field is you might get an amazing moment like that for your kid. And I, I would just love to ask about that. Yeah. You know, so that it isn't all election, you know, wild, <laughs> political, whatever. I I, I want to know about the personal stuff, too. Well, look, you know, first of all, like most I was, most of my life is spent mommy. Right. That's yeah. the bulk of it. So it's funny. It's funny because my kids like I'm like every other mom in, in our phones our friends' names are saved under who their kid is. Like, yeah. Jonah's mom. Oh, good. Jonah's mom. That's how we're doing, right? So yeah. it's fun to have moments like that. And um, so my son is a huge Giannis fan. And he loved Giannis's, obviously, his game. He's an incredible athlete. But he loved his story. He had us all sit down and watch the movie about his life story about um, what his family struggled to do when they were in Greece, about the bond, mm. about hard work, about him and his brother sharing a same pair of sneakers and not playing at the same time, and mm. just the, how he became a citizen here, and just the entire process. And so I was blown away by him as a as an athlete. And I'm not somebody who loves hero worship for your kids. Like you know, I'm I'm very cautious about who they seek to emulate or they revere because. Well, frankly, the heroes can let you down sometimes. So I try to help my kids say, look, what qualities do you like about a person? Love those and, you know, think about the rest. So I had a chance to go to Madison Square Garden um, and I, I, I was I, I was given tickets. I didn't even I, I shouldn't be on the on the court. I'm not courtside <laughs> material people. OK, so I was yes, in Madison Square Garden and I had courtside and we thought, okay, we're going to be able to, this is amazing. I've never really been, I'd been to Madison Square Garden, but I was in the nosebleed section and happy to be there years ago. My son had never gone there. He loves the Bucks. And so we sat down and I thought, oh my God, this is an incredible thing. And we were just excited to be like, they had free hot dogs. We were thrilled. We we loved the whole thing. Yeah. Then um, we saw the players start to come and we were sitting next to the Milwaukee Bucks bench of all places. Wow. My son was cheering. He was going crazy. He had all his little basketball cards laid out thinking maybe oh. I'll get to have one of them sign it. And of course, I'm like, don't ask for an autograph. It's a weird thing. We don't know how the rules are here. Don't do anything. I'll play it cool. I'll play it cool. 
And so we're sitting there and um, they're doing the whole celebrity cam and all the different celebrities in the rows are highlighted. And I'm cheering for people I'm fans of. And my son is laser focused on the players and he's giving them high fives and giving them back. The whole oh. game is like this. And so we thought, this is so exciting. I had a, um, there's a towel. I took the towel. I'm like, here you go, have this free towel, et cetera. And I am saying, and you can hear in the video, I'm saying thank you to someone who gave me this towel. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, the game is over, and Giannis is on the court, and he motions over to my son and says, come here. And my son's like, what? And he gets up wearing the Giannis jersey. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh my God. I jump over the seats. I am the paparazzi in this. I'm running between the cameras. I'm on the court. And he is taking off his sneakers. And my son is grabbing his head like his mind is blown. He's trying to keep his brain in his head. And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Giannis bends over. He takes off his shoes. He says, do you have a Sharpie? Now, my son had one because the basketball card. He's like, I have one in my backpack. We're somewhere. Whatever. He goes, no, I'll get one. He goes and gets a Sharpie. Giannis gets a Sharpie. And finds oh. the shoes, and my son is—I'm bawling, Sophia. I am. Oh my bawling. god! I, I have had—I have no role in this. It was just the goodness of Giannis looking at a kid having a good time of the game. He signs the shoes, hands them to him, hugs him. Do you want to take a picture? And he's like, "Sure." He's like, okay, pose for mommy. And I'm like crying and videoing it. He <laughs> says, "Okay, Merry Christmas." My son is like, "Thank you so much." And then, of course, because it's me and I'm a little bit crazy. After I'm filming, I'm like, wait, the picture didn't take. Come back, this is good. And he's like, he posed again like this. I'm like, thank you. I got it. Thank you. And, and my son just turns. He's like, oh, mom. And I oh am dying. Like, because you know. By the way, I'm sobbing. It was so cute. I was like, and my son, it was so cute. We we ended like the we'd get like security to have us take. They were like, don't walk through the crowd. Walk behind security. Yeah. Have these shoes now that I haven't out yet, and I'm like, oh my god, I wrap them in a towel. I have them under oh my the gosh. shirt. Like I'm basically exposed, but I don't care. So <laughs> I have to make sure it works. And so then later on that night, we, we we're actually getting back to. I live in DC. We're getting back to DC, and my son like wakes up from the um the the, the plane, and he goes, and he's like, oh my god, mom, mom, where's your phone? Where's your phone? And I'm like, oh, it's right here. He starts scrolling through the phone. He goes. Oh, it did happen. Oh my God. That was the day before Christmas Eve. And so when Christmas came, the presents were there under the tree and we placed them the night before because my kids still pretend to indulge me and believe in Santa Claus. Whether it's mm. true or not, I don't know, but they indulge so me. So sweet. And he goes, there's presents for me. I already had it. I was like, oh my God. I love this kid. So... Thank you, Giannis. And by the way, thank you to all the players because they were giving them high fives. And and I just, uh, I know people assume that because maybe they've seen me on CNN that perhaps I had some like marionette, like strings pulling in there. Right. I did not. Giannis just saw a kid and remembered what it was like to be a kid. That's and so can you amazing. imagine, like, like who, is, so who is your person? Like, if, if you were a kid, Sophia, and that person was like, come here, let me talk to you and give you a hug and wish you Merry Christmas. Would you just die? Oh, for me, Oprah. Oh, I used to ask my mom, <laughs> I was like, mom, last period at school. And by the way, I'm an 80s baby too. 
And I was like, last period of school ends at three. Oprah starts at three. We're not learning anything at the end of the day. So you should pick me up at 2.45 so I can have my butt in front of the TV by three o'clock so I can learn from Oprah. And my mom was like, you are six and a half. Why are we having this conversation? Like you are the weirdest kid. I'm not pulling you out of school early so you can watch Oprah. I'm not doing it. And so then we like, we agreed that my parents would set the VCR for me. Like it was a whole thing. And, and as an adult, like to have been in rooms with her, I, years ago, pre-pandemic, I was invited to one of her gospel brunches at her house. And I literally, dying for you. I stood in front of the mirror and I looked at myself and I was like, could little you have ever imagined this? Like what, what is happening and yeah, I, I, I think it's part of the reason that it like, it makes me sob to listen to you yeah. tell the story, thinking about that experience for you as a mom and, and what you get to watch and just that people always have the capacity for kindness like that. That's, that's magical. That's, I mean, that's so, first of all, I'm loving the vision of you trying to get oh. relief for Oprah. By the way, this is why my parents can't believe I'm not a lawyer. They were like, you negotiated for everything always. And I was like, eh. You know what, though? I think you're exactly where you need to be. <laughs> um, and, look, and look at you. You got it. You've got your own show. There you go. Sophia's on. That's the whole thing. We figured thing it out. There you go. Just give out some cars and you're going to be good to go. This is all, it's all part of it. Could you imagine if I was like, this week on Work in Progress, you get a car, you get a car. I would love it. I would I love it. Imagine, you know what? I'm going to manifest that for you. That's going to be okay, the great. solution. That, that, you're, that your show, your show is going to be the one word all of a sudden and someone right now is going to tell their mom or dad, I need you to pick me up because I'm not learning anything. In the <laughs> Just tell me a Sophia show. It's a work in progress. That's what we're doing. I applaud it. 2024. Here she comes. You sweet angel. Thank you. Well, that leads me into my last and favorite question to ask every guest, which is what is your work in progress right now? Oh my gosh. What is my work in progress? You know, I think my work in progress is knowing that there, for every dream you accomplish should tell you to dream even bigger mm. and feeling like that's okay and that more can happen and also learning more how to, um, how to manifest just how to manifest completely, you know, it's a, you, you get into the category of um, once you've taken a leap of faith, and I certainly have in my career, two things can happen. Either one, you can think it was a fluke or you can keep leaping with and believe that will be some soft landings or be comfortable with the hard ones. Mm. And so for me, my work in progress is always reminding myself to, to keep leaping and manifest the landing. I love that. And honestly, it feels so fitting that it's the second because you giving us that reminder to manifest. I'm like, that's got to be the, that has to be the New Year's resolution. You said it. Let's go manifest some things. Let's give cars away. Let's do it all. <laughs> we'll never forget what we steeped ourselves in though, too. Hope is joy yes. to you. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Laura. This has really been such a joy. It's so fun for me. Thank you so much. Congratulations on all that you've accomplished and what's ahead of you as well. It's really such a pleasure to see. For all of us who are fans of yours, it's such a pleasure to see this trajectory continue. Mm, thank you so much. That means a lot.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.